0: Good evening, Wandering and Woolgatherers, and welcome to the 120th episode of Wanderings and Woolgathering. On tonight's episode, we invite back to the show Braxton Cosby from Starchild Comics and Cosby Media Productions. He recently launched four comic series to join their book publishing line of 16 novels covering the same characters. Those comics join an interconnected superhero universe so it is a totally immersive experience. If you happen to miss that episode, here's a bit of a tease. to show you what you missed. Perhaps. It's not playing. Mm, let's try this again. Well. I will find that and show you in a little bit. Technical difficulties, I apologize. And as I said, tonight, Braxton is dropping by to talk about the Broken series, and it is uh, being funded through Kickstarter, so he's going to talk about that a little bit. Can't wait to find out what it is all about. And joining me is Metalhead Monday. Hello, hello. Hey, did you enjoy that video?
1: Yeah, that was great.
0: I loved it. That was the best. So um,
1: super high def, too.
0: Yeah, it was great. It worked earlier, oddly enough, when we weren't on the air. <laughs>
1: Course it did. Oh, it
0: always works that way. <laughs> anyway, my apologies. We will get that going, I promise.
1: We're batting a thousand with uh, on shows with guests. <laughs> I think I
0: I think I can get it to share a different way, and, and I'm gonna do that. But as before I do that, I'm gonna introduce our guest, Mr. Braxton Cosby. Hey, how's it doing?
2: Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me back on, guys. I really appreciate it
0: yeah we're glad to have you and honestly i'm just mad because i i don't even get it i don't know we
1: had uh, we had a like a, we did a world premiere of uh this our friends you know they they put out an album or they're going to put out an album we mm. did the world premiere and we had all kinds of snafus with that one <laughs> <laughs> all, to, it always works that way right uh yeah oh. just embarrassing
0: Sadly, sadly it does, but um, anyway, we're glad to have you, and um, I do have another video that I am sure is going to work, and we'll highlight that one later uh, to promote your big project. So before we get to that, let's catch up a little
2: bit. So what has it been like since you launched the first four books? Man, it has been uh, crazy. You know, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, I got this vision. You know, here we were, we were sitting with 16 novels last year with these six authors who worked on them and and had all these superhero stories. And um, we were trying to figure out what we're going to do next to kind of expand on what we were already uh, working with. And that's when we decided to do uh, comic books. We all said, hey, man, we're writing superhero stories. And, um, you know, the next natural progression was to maybe try comics because we're all comic book fans. We like superheroes. So, you know, why not? So we tried it. And lo and behold, it ended up, you know, we ended up getting it funded. So that was like fantastic. So um that vision has carried over because I've done about six conventions this year and it they have moved uh so many units. You know, we've we've used the comics as the link um to get people interested in the novels, you know. <clears throat> so because our world, uh the cosmic Media Productions dedicated superhero universe, because it's so vast you know it always ends up being an opportunity to have a dialogue when we pull out the comics because we go to comic conventions people come by they say what's your comic about and then we say hey you know this is a natural expansion on what we've already written so all of these guys behind me that you see all these superheroes are just a a, a half about half what we have in our stable of um novels so we decided hey you know what um if you come to the table and we talk about comics, we're going to tell you about, you know, the Cape being the fourth book in the, the fourth book, essentially in the series, but in comic form. So you'll get books one, two and three of the Cape uh, with infinity uh, seven being a, a third part of that. Uh, and if you buy the entire set, you'll get the three books in the comic. You know, we did the same thing with like Metatron, you know, we got the Metatron comics sitting there. If you buy the four books, your fifth book is essentially the comic. So, you know, There were a lot of people who, you know, I mean, it's try the comic, but the majority of people bought the entire series. And that's why we were so excited, because we're giving fans an opportunity to try something new, uh, to hear voices that they may have not been exposed to yet uh, in the indie uh, realm. And so um, everybody's just been really coming on board uh, with the vision of what I had. And it has been like just uber successful on the ground at these conventions. So now we're just trying to figure out, hey, you know, what can we do next to really get people involved on the online and start to come uh, and, and, and find out what we're about, you know, come to the website, see the things that we're offering and get a really good idea about uh, Cosby Media Productions. Now, the problem is, um, you know, when you sell people uh, straight on with talking, you can tell them everything about what you're doing and uh, you don't really get that opportunity on a website. It's just silent. It's, it's imagery. And you're hoping that people really, really get it uh, by just seeing it. Uh, so it's a little bit of a different animal than when you can actually sit down and, and answer questions when people come to the table. So uh, that's where we're working now. But I mean, um, the success of the comics has really been far and beyond what I imagined it would be as far as just really being a, a great talking point To pique the interest of people in the stories that we're telling in novel form, and then they're coming and they're buying the entire thing. So we've really, really been pleased with the results of
1: that. That's cool. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, as a fan walking through a con, you know, you see all the indie creators, and you know, you really are. If if it's something that you are not familiar with, you are Mm -hmm. taking a chance on something. Part right. of that with comics, you know, drawing new people in it, it, comics is a visual medium. So and I, I will say everything of you guys work that I've seen, like it looks professional. So Thank you. that, you know, that'll that'll immediately grab people, and say, oh, well, that looks cool. Let's check that out, you know. Right.
2: Well, that and that was that was uh, my goal is to, uh, you know, see, so we've been indie publishing since 2011 uh, with novels. So my thing is always try to do what they call industry standard, no matter what, you know, uh, the books should look and feel like, uh, uh, like the big five, Uh, the formatting should be right. Uh, The editing should be the best as you can get uh, with editing and uh, the stories should uh, follow a three act structure that leads uh, the reader into another, another book and another book if you're doing a series. So. I've really been a stickler with that, and I didn't want to slack on that uh, when it came to the comics as well. So uh, finding the right artist to commission for the work with the vision of what the author had for the characters and what they should look like uh, was really important. And then also once we get into the work and they start doing the pencils you know, or the storyboarding, is the storyboarding uh, correct for the vision of the author? And then... um, letting the pencils come in play and then the ink work and then and then finally the colors and the letters and then even editing that to make sure that the, uh, the editing is correct with all the bubbles and, and the dialogue and things like that so things aren't off. So we really put a great effort into trying to um, set a standard that we've seen in comics so that when people do come to the table, you're exactly right. People are like, man, this stuff looks really good. I think they're surprised a lot of times, you know, because the indie scene you can get some you know i've i've sat at tables with other indie creators yeah, who had stuff and i've i've supported them i bought their stuff and you know i'm flipping through it going you know i support but you know you guys
1: all over the place
2: right and you get stuff yeah. like they let, they let things be cut off on their pages <laughs> yeah. you know well the printer just messed up and i'm like no well, i couldn't have sold that if that's what happened mm-hmm. you know so um you know hats off to them. i know it's, it's a struggle for everybody. But I really try to be a stickler that when people pick up our comics, I want them to enjoy uh, what we're giving them. And I want them to say exactly what you said, man, it looks it looks really good. So hopefully that attracts them back to the novel so they can get a a, get a good uh, foundation of the origin stories.
0: Yeah. So what have you found, you know, being um, a publishing company that really focused on novels in the beginning and now you've branched out and you're doing your comics? What have you found to be? maybe the most difficult thing in creating comics for you as a creator. It's a very different medium from novel writing.
2: It it is, but let me tell you, Steve, it has been, it has really uh, rejuvenated my love for writing. It really, really has, because there was research that went into it. It wasn't just like grab a comic and just write some stuff and and figure it out. It was research. What do these panels look like? Um, How much can I stretch the artist to, really, really push that panel and have those characters kind of even come out of the panel sometimes or or where do I draw their eye? There was research. There was books that I read as uh, resources to learn the art of comic book making, you know? And um, you have to really kind of hone in. And, and I'm a stickler for structure, you know, having written novels, screenplays, and then comics. It was actually a very nice transition for me because you can still get that three-act structure in a comic, but the challenge is getting it all in just 22 pages, 24 pages or whatnot, and um, finding that way to say, okay, look, when they turn to this page, is there a big event that I need their eye to immediately be drawn to? Or um, am I just going to kind of move them from left to right down the page? And then I hold uh, maybe that last panel where there's maybe somebody reaching for the door. And then when you turn the page, Boom! It's almost like an explosion on the page that draws your eye to the center with some of the smaller panels, and then some on the bottom. So all of that is really—it's uh, about being intentional with the writing uh, of the comic script, and then uh, having the right artist. Like I said, you know, knowing their style, kind of looking at it and going, "Hmm, you know what? I think that after talking to the author, uh, this is the type of style that they need for their comic." You know, and just putting these teams together. And it's been fantastic. I mean, we've had a great, great time. But as far as for me, uh, I've written my third comic script and I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. I feel like I'm just getting better. I'm turning them out uh, in a way that the consistency of my writing in the novels is carrying over into the comics. So you're still going to get those twists. You're still going to get those things that make you think a little bit. Uh, but now I get to be uh, a director of a movie, per se, mm-hmm. where I'm constantly... Drawing your eye on this page, and I'm being very tactful about it, you know. Um, And everybody, the way I sell my comic, Steve, is just simple. They come over to Cape, I open the Cape up right to the middle. It just happened the way that we wrote the midpoint in the Cape, it lands exactly in the middle of the comic, and it's the the two uh, most uh, beautiful pages in the comic to me. And Mm. I just go, yeah, you know, we had uh, Bruno Ab- Abdias uh, did the work on the art, and uh, here you go. And I just hand it to him with those two pages open, and people go, wow, you know? And then they, they normally buy it if I can get them just to read those two pages or at least look at their artwork, you know? So uh, the challenge has been, as novelists, all of us trying to cram all of this into uh, that many pages, because it's not a whole lot when you talk about an author who can churn out 100,000 words, 50,000 words, or whatever, and give you books that can be anywhere between two to uh, 300 pages. Now you're asking them to get into 22 is quite a challenge. I finished my uh, third comic script uh, and I have a very talented artist named Daniel Max, who's working on that right now. And that was the um, Continuum of the Steel Rain uh, novel that I wrote, which is this uh, bounty hunter who uh, kind of an extension of the sci-fi trilogy that I wrote with the Cross Saga. I introduced the bounty hunter in the third book solstice. And then I was like, man, I really need to give him his own story. So I wrote that last year, uh, pandemic kind of killed everything. Cause I couldn't really go to the conventions. Like I wanted, but, um, I still sold it very well. But when I was thinking about what I was going to do next, I was like, man, you know what I want to kind of give, uh, readers. A snapshot of that transition between that third book and that trilogy. And Steel Rain starting his uh, journey in uh, the flight of the uh, Concorde. So what I did is I basically gave you that in the comic. So now what we did, and the story was too big, I couldn't even cram it in and do it justice in the 22 pages. So this one's actually going to be 27, a 27 page comic, and it was just so much action. I really wanted to kind of give people that look of Steel Rain as this badass bounty hunter who, you know, he's he's really tactful but he can also go there and just take people out, you know, so it was, it's a really fantastic uh, piece that I've worked on. And again, just talking about being proud of, of the work that's coming together with the artists, uh, Daniel just jumped right in and um, his eye and his, uh, and his way of uh, capturing my vision on those pages has been phenomenal. So I, that's something that we'll be releasing, you know, early next year.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's interesting when you talk about your panel layouts and everything. David Mack always said that the magic of the page happens between the panels, you know, in the yes. gutter because your mind has to take the make the progression from panel to panel. Right. And so right. that's the true magic of the page and not everybody can do that, you know, consistently or do it well. So
2: right. And then you know, and there's so much like you say you talk about those gutters, the things that are lost in the gutter that you have to help the reader interpret You know, sometimes you lose time. (laughs) You know, what happens in that little bit of space? You know, I see the character here and I see them there. And if I've told the story correctly, I can convey the absence or the loss of time or I could speed things up, you know, based on just that little space and that gutter. So respecting the entire page of the comic has really been uh, the journey for me of really like not wasting a single panel. You know, when I see some of the indie comics, to your point, uh metalhead they all have like four panels on one page Mm -hmm. and i think to myself what a waste (laughs) you know i mean you're trying to tell a story you need to be getting at least five to seven and if you get the right artist the artists don't shy away from that they're not intimidated by that they'll go with those five to seven panels per page because again if you got five panels uh times 20 that's 100 100 panels of storytelling if you've got five times 22 you know 110 if you got seven times 20 now you're up to 140 panels of storytelling you know so um with screenwriting it's like there shouldn't be any wasted scenes in a a screenplay so if you got 40 uh, scenes in one screenplay don't waste them you know don't waste the the uh, viewers time by looking at something that has nothing to do with the overall story same way with those panels in my mind each of my panels has to count and it has to mean something you know
1: I like what you're saying there about the panel count and I would say for me as a like a lifelong comics fan I would say don't be afraid to go either way with that Mm -hmm. more or less because Mm -hmm. I mean just let the story dictate it and the flow and all of that I mean I I immediately like I have a comic that comes to mind that I will not name because this is not nice um, but it was a mini series and the flow of it was just bizarre it was like mm-hmm. the the whoever laid it out or wrote it or i don't know who was responsible for it ultimately but the flow was just weird
2: really? and
1: it, it totally threw the story was not terrible but it just threw it off completely like somebody didn't know what they were doing so was it too many panels you thought or not enough I, or just you no know, the it, direction was crazy Uh, It was more like, you know, a lot of times when you're reading the comics, like you'll get down to the bottom of the page and either Mm. that is like the end of that scene or Mm. like the last panel will lead you to turn. Oh, I got to turn the page. And it was like they weren't doing that. It was like the scene would end in like the middle of the page and it it just threw the whole flow of the book off. It was just weird. Yeah.
2: And I, and, I can, and I can respect what you're saying, too, because I did have a couple of panels. You know, some, I got, whenever I write the script, if I get to a, a page and I'm like, all we need to show is this. I'll show maybe like three panels, but I tell the artist in the notes, I say, this needs to look like a, like a beautiful painting at this mm-hmm. point. If I'm just going to give you one or two or three, I've got that real big main one, and it needs to look like something I'm going to go frame, you know, if you were to just take it out of there by itself, because... Again, that's being intentional. I want you to take in what is happening to these characters on the page. So um, yeah. I think there's just finding that balance. But if I just see four panels, four panels, four panels, yeah. it's so boring to your eye. You yes. know what I mean? You're just like, okay, next page. Uh, and you've got to give them something. And I'm I'm always thinking like, what's coming up next? And I've gone back and rewritten a page because I know what I need to show on the next page. And it wasn't leading up to that effectively. And I'm like, oh man, this is where, especially like in Broken... This is where the zombies come out. I got to have a good lead into this. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to introduce, I've got five panels. I don't want to introduce the zombie on the fifth panel. That's a waste, you know? I want them yeah. on that next page. We're already there, you know?
1: Yeah, varying the layout, really. Like, I mean, it, it kind of keeps your attention and mm-hmm. breaks up the monotony and right. that kind of thing. It's I always, I, I like to see that mm-hmm. myself.
0: Well, and it changes the pacing of the story, too. Yes, right. You know, I mean, uh, Lemire's kind of famous sometimes for having the same panel four times in a row down the page and it just stops everything that goes on and you just focus on, um, uh, you know, tales from the farm. There's a scene at, at the table with his, mm-hmm. uh, with the guy who's taking care of him and the little boy, and there's just no dialogue. It's complete silence and it's the same thing. This It's dark, but it just it puts you in the sea scene, you know? Mm -hmm. And so those, those are kind of important too. So yeah, the variation is really awesome. Uh, before we jump into your, your new one, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you learned in the making of these first four?
2: Um, you know, the whole thing was a learning process for sure. You know, the transition of the stuff that I Mm -hmm. talked about earlier, but I would say to me, um, the biggest thing I learned was that, um, you really can't anticipate uh, how it's all going to come together, uh, page by page. You really got to have to see that thing to unfold like in front of you. You know, so you know, I mean, like, you know, we can look at like the pictures that they send you, and you know, you're you're looking at these things on um, on computers, and they have a certain amount of brilliance with the with the pictures and the colors and the vibrance and things, and then you'll get them on your phone sometime from the artist, and you're like, oh, that looks great, you know. I've learned to blow them up a little bit, you know, because I'm going to get a page, a full eight by 10 at some point in this comic, you know. So I started taking the images that they were sending me and I would blow them up just to catch the fine detail. Uh, My wife uh, does um, marketing for them. And so she's really helping with like editing, like seeing things that are not right or even applauding some of the efforts of the artists uh, on the page. And we talk about consistency and like something that Daniel was doing that I thought was just amazing. Had one scene with with still Rain, with the one he's working on now, where he put a little bottle in the back table, like you know they were drinking. uh, The two characters were having exchanging a drink, and he had put the the bottle on the table. When we went to the next page, they were starting to argue. The bottle stayed on the table, and he was just so consistent in the panels not to lose where the bottle was. And even had the smallest little detail, you know, he made up like a little label, a little fake label for what they were drinking. But it was so consistent, and we never lost it in those panels. So that's the type of stuff and the, the detail that I'm asking the artists to come up with. Uh, and, and choosing the right artists is so important. If they really love what they do, they're going to do those things. I didn't even ask him to put a bottle in there, but he was like, okay, the conversation's over. The bottle's here, and it stayed, you know. So really pairing up the right artists with the uh with the right vision and the type of genre that they do, because you know if I want sci-fi, I went and sought Daniel out because I saw he had a um a portfolio of sci-fi you know comics. You know if I'm looking for superhero, what have you done with superheroes? What kind of superheroes did you do? What what was the style? You know when I had zombies, I, I went with Rom because he um, had done some things that looked a little over the edge, a little bizarre. Uh, and I thought that that would play very well with Broken, so uh, just picking the right artist is probably the most uh, crucial part of the development of the, of the comic itself, but your story is where your foundation is. Your story just has to be good, regardless of how good or bad the uh, artwork is.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Alright, so, let's move into Broken, and mm-hmm. I promise this is going to work. Let's check out Don't laugh, Mundy. I'm serious this time. It's going to work. Here's the Kickstarter page, and here's the video, and are you ready? Looks great. So, who made the uh, the little video for you? Because that's Uh, uh, that's extra work. Okay, we have
2: in-house video people who put that together for us.
0: Very cool. So, I mean, we got the gist, like a very basic version of that. Mm -hmm. So, kind of tell us a little bit about the origin, uh, obviously, the novel and the comics.
2: So, you guys are gonna love this. So, um, one thing I always tell people: don't mess with creatives true creatives cannot be limited they're going to grow they're going to expand and they're going to do their own thing when i first started doing uh when i first got star child comics off the ground and you know we start out with um social media presence and all that people just kind of come at you they'll dm you say hey you know i do this i do that i, I you know I, I do art i write you know where can i fit in for what you guys are doing so uh we were doing that and i was entertaining quite a few people and then this one guy came along and he had a zombie comic and he was like i want to give you guys my zombie comic to publish and i'm like it's complete he's like yeah so he sends it to me and i, I thumbed through it and i was like oh man this is gonna be great we're gonna have four superhero comics we're gonna have a zombie comic all our own this is fantastic and I, I told him everything about the rights and everything that we would do with, with uh, obtaining the the work and putting it out and he said okay send me the contract send it to him I noticed it was like real delayed getting back. I started emailing him, hey, you know what's going on? And all of a sudden he came back. He's like, I've decided that I need $10,000 from you (laughs) for this comic. Wow. Metalhead almost choked. (laughs) Wow. uh, And then then on top of it, he said he needed royalties for the comics that I sold. And I'm like, nobody knows this comic. Why would I give you $10,000 for it, you know? So he said, but you're probably not going to do that. All right, I said, you're exactly right. And then he went about his Wait, so now I'm sitting here like bummed. I'm like, man, you know, I really wanted a zombie comic for a lie, you know? And I remember I was in a guy just kind of talking to me like, Rexon, you were just finishing up Broken, you know, which is the novel that I wrote. So mm-hmm. just write your own comic expansion off of that. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that, you know? So basically what I did, essentially Broken is this, um, dystopian future where um, there's all out nuclear war at some point, And like 70% of the population of the world is decimated. 30% live, um, most of those uh, who kind of survive the fallout when they breathe in the ashes and everything, they turn into zombies, we call them ashers. Um, and then another part of the population has uh, kind of taken it upon themselves uh, this group, this government group called the establishment to, because, you know, money doesn't mean anything anymore at this point. So they use uh, people as uh, as currency. So they set up these slave camps, people who don't have enough money or resources to fight back, they take you in, they make you work the land, and then they trade you among these districts in the United States and some across the world um, as well. So everybody has now flocked to the coastal. Uh, Parts of of all the continents just to kind of get as much fresh water as they can and resources because the 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 middle Has now become more of an area called the Deadlands. Everything has died off. There's no vegetation There's still a lot of the fallout there and whatnot and those who are in these slave camps um, are just kind of just sitting back waiting for something to happen and uh, slowly but surely they're starting to hear rumblings of this resistance group that's starting to fight against the establishment um there's another faction of uh people who are kind of like the whole mad max thing uh they're called hoarders and they basically just um uh scour the land and just steal resources they run into you they'll kill you they're just wild you know and so as a slave you've got to deal with uh the establishment uh setting up everything and you also have to deal with the hoarders but then Beyond that, now you got to deal with ashes too. So it almost doesn't make any sense to run if you're a slave. At least they're feeding you every day, <laughs> you know. You, it, it's it's uh, it's obviously a terrible thing to be enslaved, but at the same time, what's your options? You know. So a lot of people have just become uh, very discouraged, and they just kind of go along with the flow. Well, enter uh, our main protagonist. Her name is Kisa Donovan. She's a 16 year old girl. She's lost her father and her mother. She lost her mother years before uh, the the, uh, fallout, but then she lost her dad uh, right during the events. And her uncle, uh, Raymond, uh, took her and her brother and they ran and then eventually got caught. But when everything started happening with the establishment setting up their own government, they became enslaved. So she'd been working in this settlement for quite a while. um, And her brother is like nine years old. And um, she has now taken it upon herself. To home, oh, my cameras need another adjustment here. <laughs> that she's going to find out uh, what's going on uh, with this resistance, and there's a couple of events that lead her to that that I won't share with you guys here. But then she does; she finally makes a decision. She's going to go for it, and um, the key is when she gets out. What happens then? You know. So I kind of give you a nice, um, rich storyline in, in book one of all of her background. I I really, everything's told through a first person perspective of Kisa. So you're really in her mind the whole time. There's a little bit of young adult romance in there as well. Uh, But you get this full um, picture of her world and this character, this panoramic view of of everything that she's gone through. Uh, And I tell people, you know, Broken is really an emotional story. It's very, very strong. There's a lot of things that play into, uh, pieces of life that have shaped her. And I really wanted to make sure I captured that as much as possible uh, based on raising three girls myself. So I really kind of, t- and they're all in different ages, you know, I got a, a 19 year old, a 15 year old and a nine year old. So I really tried to encapsulate all of those emotions uh, and put them into this one character. And then, you know, how is it that she becomes this mother figure to her uh, to her younger brother as well. Um, so I really dive in to all of that. Uh, there are good people on both sides with, you know, with the establishment, there are some people who do want to still help and don't think this is the right thing to do. But the mystery is, the, and the background is, how did this all happen anyway? When did this start? Um, and, you know, who who pushed the button first for the war to, to go uh, the way it did? And um, we do get to the point where there's a lot of twists and it gets you to the end where it does end with a cliffhanger. And that's exactly where I start the comic. So the comic starts right where we leave off with that last scene. And then the comic, because I I didn't explore as much with the Asher's lore uh, as much as possible in the first book, I really started, I really focused more on Kisa, the establishment and, uh, the, hoard, and the hoarders. We really get a great uh, uh, in-depth kind of uh, review of what the hoarders are about, how they're established and what they do. Um, and uh, quite different from what you anticipate when you first are introduced to them uh, but in this comic I said it's zombie time you know so we kind of go full throttle with the zombies as the as those characters continue to try to progress to pe- meet up with the resistance so there's a lot of great action in there but what I challenged rom the artist the most with is a lot of these uh, close-up shots on these panels because like I said, the story was very emotional in the book, in the novel. When we transition to the comic, I need to still convey that type of energy and that type of intensity. So we really have a lot of close up shots, a lot of um, um, shoulder up shots. And, and the angles that we took in this comic were really crazy because we wanted to always be conscientious of a dialogue and a conversation. If one character was talking to another, we shot things from a, a floor up kind of worm view sometime to really convey the intensity of the one character talking down to the other one. Uh, sometimes we do wide shots, and even we even spoke from panel to panel, which really really ended up being really cool because you can get this side shot of one character looking this way, and you get another side shot of the other character looking this way, and you can see the intensity in the dialogue. So um, that was uh, definitely something that I was intentional about when I wrote the script for Rom to do. And uh, when we finally uh, got it all together with the color, I feel um, as if like, hey, you know, that guy who came along with that comic, that zombie comic, not even close, you know. So, so uh, you know, kind of checked off the box, you know, basically obliterated his efforts of trying to get me to pay $10,000 for something when I could just <laughs> do it myself. And I think uh, Broken being my 17th novel that I've written, my challenge is always trying to write my next favorite book. And I think... Um, In a lot of ways, I think I was able to accomplish that with Broken. So um, it's something that's very special to me. So I dedicated that uh, book to my three girls. And um, I'm really excited about what's going to happen with the comic because I think the comic covers came out phenomenal.
0: Hey, real quick question about that. So you got the novel. Mm -hmm. The first is book one or whatever. And then the second is a comic. So a, a person coming in who hasn't read the novel, what is the experience like? reading the comic because one of the complaints you know is you know readership is supposedly going down with comics or whatever which i don't necessarily believe but um, they always say well, it's too hard for kids to get into because there's too much history mm-hmm. so is there an end to this comic if you haven't read the novel
2: um so what we have to do as writers when we do this with uh sequels and things like that as well oh, let me make adjustment here on this this is getting annoying
0: I don't think it's as bad as you think it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's annoying to me. It, so, uh, what we have to do with 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 books, right? So, say for instance, I, I try to get you guys to uh, pick up the Starcross Saga. It's three books. Um, the challenge is, you know, I may be at a at a uh, at a um, convention, and I'm down to only the second and third book. First book sells out, and you go well. If I pick up, you know, the, or or like a lot of times, what happens is I'm 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 here with the comics, and I'll have the comic of the cape, and you've got three books sitting over there. And go well, can I read the um the comic, or am I gonna be lost? So there is a little bit of okay. When I write this comic, I'm gonna write it enough in itself to be a standalone that you can read it, but man, you're gonna really want to go back and get the origin story of how we even got here. So um, we have to be very kind of inventive and making sure that when we write this story, uh, those elements have to be in place that the characters are uh, defined enough in this little snapshot that uh, people are gonna be entertained enough to say, yeah, I do wanna go back. Because essentially I want you to read both of them, you know. Mm -hmm. but I think I've given you enough um, in the comic that you could just pick it up and be like, man, that was a great comic. Now, by the way, I'm go back and pick up the book because I really want to see how this all started. You know?
0: Yeah, that's okay. That, I mean, that that answers it. I just, um, I know that's kind of a complaint, and I think readers who are good readers can mm-hmm. pick up on enough that they don't necessarily need. And like, you can enjoy a Batman comic without having read a thousand issues of right. Detective. Right. You know? And
2: it, yeah. And I think that that's the thing. So you know, if you do three act structure, it kind of goes in the way of I introduce you to the character's world in act one. Uh, This is the world, if it's technology, if if it's a timepiece, I'm giving you all of that in the beginning. I then introduce you to the main protagonist in their world. Like, what is that world like? Well, the person is in a world where nothing is wrong or uh, everything is wrong. And then uh, there has to be something called an inciting incident that Mm -hmm. makes that character move on the journey. Now, normally what happens is that that character is moving there's a part in that one where it's called the debate. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I tell people the easiest way to think about it, if you're a Star Wars fan, it was Luke Skywalker. You know, we introduced you to his world. You knew what was going on in Star Wars and the New Hope. And then all of a sudden, Uncle Owen and his aunt are killed. And Obi-Wan just comes and says, you know, you need to go with me. You know, if you're going to learn the ways of the force, there's a debate. I can't do that. I can't do this. And then when he sees his uncle and everybody's dead, then he decides to go on a journey. So, once you go into that journey, you now move officially into Act 2. And Act 2 is all about we as the audience, hopefully, Act 1 has has kind of shown you um, that there is a goal, what they're moving towards, this whole inside inciting incident. And Act 1 is just all about all the uh, trial, trial and error, trial and error. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. It's not working. Let me try something else. Let me try something else. Then you get to midpoint where there's like a fake win or loss. Like you think, oh man, this is it. This is, it's over. And um, maybe that's not the case. And then uh, there's a part right towards the end of act two where uh, I call like the come to Jesus moment, because you haven't accomplished what you need. You can either walk away from this now, or you can continue to go. Um, And normally it's a retooling, like none of this is working. Let's try this now. So now we're going to set up this Hail Mary pass. And then, the characters now after that debate go into act 3 and then that's when you you finally meet the uh, the antagonist or whatever it is that they've been opposed to and then once they accomplish that then you get a new world so that that opposes the world we started off with you know so mm-hmm. at the end of star wars it was like now we've got all this hope where there was a lot of despair you know for luke skywalker so if you do that in any book or any comic the person will still have this full picture and this full story within itself and now the the challenge is do i want to go back and get more from what happened in the beginning or do i just keep moving it from here and i don't really care and and if you've done it the right way people are going to say no i need to know what else happened in the beginning I i need to really see that you know and that's how they got us with star wars right they started us with four five and six and then they said hey we're gonna do the prequel well everybody who was a fan of four five and six is going to see the prequels you know it's it's no way to get around that because you really Enjoyed the story they already laid out to you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a literature major and I taught English for years, so you just passed. Good work. <laughs>
1: Thank that was, you. That
0: was textbook. Way to go.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so i I had a question about, um, I guess, zombies in general, and trying to, you know, build on your fan base. You know, you've done all of the stuff with superheroes for, you know, however many years you were working on that. So zombies is obviously a different animal a Mm -hmm. little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge horror movie fan and zombies have kind of, you know, they've always kind of, they're always there. Their popularity, just like anything kind of ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. We've had years and years of the walking dead now. So what do you have a plan to kind of try to reach those fans? Like horror horror fans, zombie fans, Walking Dead fans, like, what what are you guys doing to try to catch some of those, bring them in? Right. Well, I think, um, you know, to me,
2: it, it was so amazing. Walking, The Walking Dead was, was such an amazing uh, work because the zombies were always just in the background. You know, yes. people, you start off thinking, it's zombies, and you think that that's the main story. That's not the main story. It's these characters that we have connected with, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and then the zombies. Oh, don't forget the zombies are here. <laughs> you know, we're just trying to figure out. You know, it was like man versus man and man versus the unknown for so long. And it's like, but don't forget the zombies are here. You know, so when you you finally breathe easy and you're not thinking about it, and the character walks in the house and he's like, oh, I'm here. And all of a sudden, the zombie goes, wow. You know, it's like, oh my god, I forgot we were still dealing with zombies. You know, so they're, they're this imminent threat that's always here, and you know they're here. But you dive into the characters and you really want to you're really more concerned about their lives. Um, and then all of a sudden a zombie pops out. So that's what we kind of did. You know, don't forget along the way. This story of Broken is about survival. It's a survival story. It's a little bit of coming of age as well. And then there's a kind of a it. you know, because who started all this and why? And then as that as those answers start to unfold, it's like, oh, don't forget the zombies are here. too. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they'll always pop out. Um, and then what I did is I, I ended up towards the end of the, well, when the comic comes to the end, it's another cliffhanger because I've, I finally reveal my twist on zombies. Cause I'm not gonna just give you the same zombies as everybody else, you know, I'm going to give you something to make you think like, oh now this is actually, this is actually a little bit, even scarier now because how the zombies work in this comic are totally different from any other zombies that we've operated with before. So uh, I would say that that's my my way of doing it is to give you something different with zombies than what you've seen so far. Um, and so not to give anything away. I think it, it was it's really. Um, that was my focus was to say, man, what can I give them with zombies that's different? And I actually didn't get it until I wrote the comic because I was working with it through the through the novel. And like I said, the, the main focus was really the main characters, obviously, the establishment and, and the and the. The, the main antagonist who runs that, uh, at least at this at the level that they are right now with the, uh, with the settlements, and then uh, the hoarders. And then when I got into the comics, we, I finally just popped it with that light bulb moment, like, oh, this is amazing. This is going to be great. And when people have read both books one and two, they're going to be waiting to see which way we go with it um, after this because I think it's, it really ended up um, finishing out pretty nice.
0: Yeah. Is the plan then to move forward with comics for this story?
2: Uh, you know, so I'll tell you, Steve, our thing is like, I, I, I've challenged um, the writers because we all we all just write and we're trying to figure out what we're doing next. Like, um, where do we go? Where do you want to go next? So I just asked him, what's the next one? You know, I said, so Keyshawn Dodds has written Menzuo and he's got uh, he's finishing up his fifth book of Menzuo now. Fifth novel. And he had, because he did four, then he did the comic. He's finishing up five. And he told me, I'm going back to comics, you know. So we're kind of jumping back and forth. I haven't really determined yet what path I'm going to do with Broken for book three quite yet. Um, I I just haven't haven't come to that yet because I just think that, you know, I've never dropped simultaneously a book and a comic at the same time. So this is going to be new territory for me. Um, So I'm going to kind of just let the... uh, the readers and the fans dictated to be quite honest. Cause again, I'm just a writer. It doesn't matter what I'm writing. You know, um, I may give you a little a book. I may give you a novella and I may jump you back to a comic again. I may do a graphic novel. Who knows, you know, uh sky's the limit.
0: How long until we get a crossover of every property in one book together?
2: See, now, now you're still in <laughs> my thunder, but we're close because remember, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote the star cross saga books, one, two, and three. The main protagonist was William Deary, who was a, um, a Prince bounty hunter who came to Earth on a mission. And I crossed him over into Infinity Seven, the novel. He, he pops up at the end. And then I pick up Hellfire, Cape Hellfire, the comic, right in the beginning. And I introduce you guys to William Deary there, you know. So that was like our first crossover. And I was like, I was real nervous about it. like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't come out like, you know kind of kind of unraveling everything else that I'm doing because I still have to have this consistent universe throughout everything. Uh, Because when we talk about the the dedicated superhero universe, you can kind of categorize uh William as a superhero, you know, essentially. Um so still rain, you know, he's in that in that in that universe, but he could easily come to Earth and, and help out with what some of the uh superheroes here are dealing with. And we always kind of deal, we deal with space pirates in a lot of our fiction, um, so that's there. menzouo had space pirates since book one. And then, um, you know, I dealt with space pirates with still Rain in his story. And so now, uh, with, as I'm writing the outline for book two with Infinity Seven, we're bringing the space pirates all the way through. So yeah, it's wide open. I don't know in the time period if they'll actually come into Broken because I think that the time periods are a little bit uh, different. And I don't, you know, we have a decimated Earth at this point, which we don't have in Starcross. So I don't think I can do that. We have Chicago, you know, we've we've got a a world still put together in all the superhero stories. So I don't think Broken to do it, Um, but you never know, you know. We always (laughs) universe multiverse multiverse is always there. Well,
1: you can still you can connect them too in a way where whatever is taking place, like quote unquote now, Mm -hmm. you can start laying seeds for that future. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I have a question about um, expanding you know into other media. Have you guys have you considered uh, doing like uh, either audio books like audio versions or adapting into audio dramas or you know even creating brand new audio dramas? or have you thought about that at all? So all of our books are on audiobook already, okay. So
2: we do have all of those. Um, And I have heard a lot of those uh, where you just take a cast of people and they read. I would love to do something like that. I mean, I think right now, but for me to do it the way I want to, because obviously I've done some acting as well. My wife does as well. We'd have to come up with like our little team of people who don't mind putting the time into doing that. It would be very labor intensive in the editing. It it gets a little bit of a headache. So, to get those resources in place the way I want, I would have to have moved already beyond this probably. Uh, but I would say the next, the next uh, challenge that I would throw on myself, as crazy as it is, would probably do a, a graphic novel. You know, so that's where I would like to see us go really. Um, but I, I still believe that you know we're a hybrid publisher. We do books and novels. You know, I mean uh, books and comics, and that's why you know Cosmetic Productions the comic imprint is star child comics, but we still publish, you know, we still got more books coming out this year. So we're book publishing first along with what we do with comics. And we didn't want to tell separate stories of comics that had nothing to do. We wanted both of them to kind of cross over. So we believe that nobody's really doing that as much, you know, the big publishers, of course they have that you've, you've had Star Wars stories, you've had Star Wars comics, you've had movies, but in the indie scene, nobody's really been that. Bold, um, but that's where we started, you know. So, our roots are novel novelists, and now we're starting to be uh comic script writers too. So, uh, it was a natural um transition for all of us.
1: Where are the audiobooks available
2: uh, on Audible? Okay, Yeah, jump right on cool. Audible.
0: Hey, Braxton, I tell you what, <clears throat> right when we get off this tonight, I will support your Kickstarter if you do me one favor. What is that in your next? Issue of broken. You have to have metalhead Monday get eaten by a zombie.
2: <laughs> That's then easy. I'm in. That's easy. <laughs> people getting eaten up is easy. Uh, making them soup. I've had people say, "Put me in as a superhero." I'm like, "Well, you know, I don't know if I yeah. can do that." You know, but uh, yeah, metalhead, you consider it done. He, he All will right. be eaten
1: up. I'm supporting tonight. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I see what you think of me, there, buddy.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, just listen. <laughs> to be to be um uh, put into a comic, novel, movie, you become immortalized. You know, you gotta think of it that way. That's the way I look yeah. at they can never yeah. they can never take you out again. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what I was thinking, Mundy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Just trying to make you a star.
2: Right.
0: Oh goodness gracious. So, what are you most excited about this? We're broken. Yeah, this whole thing with Kickstarter. What are you? What are you just totally jazzed about?
2: I'm. I'm really. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a comic book fan myself, and uh, I think I sent you the picture, uh, Steve, in an email. Uh, you can probably put it up. The cover. The, the cover for Broken, uh, the comic, is just amazing. Oh, that's like this that's is funny. just a. Com- I sent you a new email, but this is a comic page. This is uh, one of the uh, initial um, comic pages for Broken. As we start off with the main character Kisa having some flashbacks of some of the scenes that happened in the novel so again we talk about that that continuum of story i sent i I intentionally put this stuff to introduce you to her world that she's already just left out of the novel and then boom where is she now uh is what those readers are gonna uh anticipate seeing so okay i'm looking but i sent you the covers yeah So I'm I'm excited about getting my own copy of Broken the comic uh, the novel the cover on the novel I had an artist who worked on that digital artist and that was just he just nailed it so that was phenomenal uh, but when Rom put my um, my uh, idea together for the uh, cover for the broke for Broken with the comic uh with the reflection of the dagger i mean he just killed it and i'm just I, I can't wait to get my own copy you know i love to see my art come in i like to see my books come in whenever we make our books whenever we publish books for all of our authors i order them so just for my own sake just to have my own copies of them and i put them up on my shelf so i can't wait to see what broken uh looks like as a full comic
0: okay let me look at this guy here
1: those covers were in your kickstarter video right yes yeah I've
0: I got him here. It. Let's see. Stop screen. I want to do another, a new share of screen and pick you the new. The banner off too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're getting awful pushy, Monday. You're taking this whole thing a little too seriously about being eaten by a zombie.
1: <laughs> I need to. We need to make sure you see the whole picture when you put it up there.
0: Trying gotta, to help. We're trying to help. You, now I got a. Oh, there it is, right there. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's share this and see what happens.
2: All right, you ready? there it yeah. is that's what you're talking about so that's yeah so that's the broken that's the novel uh cover for broken you see we've got Kisa on the front if you look in the back there uh, especially on the on the kindle version you can see three characters in the back you see the um to the left yeah if you back yeah to the left you can see what the hoarder looks like the guy with the shirt off and uh, wild uh, the mask on the leather mask and stuff like that and then just beyond him is a zombie, one of our Ashers. And then to the right is what the establishment looks like, kind of like SWAT police, you know, the enforcers that they have uh, in there. So we kind of captured everything with, you know, the, the ashes that are uh, kind of around it, the, the embers that are burning up. And then the, the, the title cover, uh, if you look in that R, uh, close up on that R, you could actually see a, a mushroom cloud, you know, from the nuclear fallout. Yeah. So all of that we tried to make sure was very uh, specific with the design of everything.
0: There Does that help? Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Hey, I figured it out. I think I know how to play your original video now. Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it only took um, an hour. But, hey, you can't So I got me. the other one. you have the other one there, Steve, too, for the uh, cover for Broken the Comic? Oh, uh, let's
0: see. I think so. Oh, yeah, it is different. I thought
1: they were the same. Okay, hold on. Let me me share that one. Check it out. See, I was paying attention to the video, and I knew (laughs) they were not the same. Hey, Mundy. Yeah?
0: I can remove you from the screen. (laughs) Just saying. All right. How's that?
2: Yep. So if you zoom in on that one, you'll see... So here we have Kisa again. Oh, yeah, look, look at the knife. Yeah, look at that dagger. She's got these um, these uh, blades, the K- K'nai blades that her dad taught her how to throw, uh, and she kind of goes over that in the book. But you got the three uh, the three um, threats in there. You got the zombie right there. You've got one of the hoarders, and in the back you kind of have the SWAT guy with the goggles on, and you just see Kis- uh, Kisa's just, you know, angry and, and just ready to fight back in these shots so i can't wait to see that comic cover that's gonna be great that's my favorite but uh like i said joining the kickstarter you actually have options to pick up the other two kickstarter exclusive well one of them is a kickstarter exclusive uh yeah. variant as well as the reg as the other uh, comic also
0: awesome okay so i'm gonna stop screen here we go watch this i'm gonna do this we're, we're about ready to watch that first video this is really really exciting now <laughs> oh, you're gonna hate me before the night's over, Monday. Okay, we're gonna share those slides.
1: This is yeah.
2: This is the uh, the logo reveal. It actually has broken in it and a page in there.
0: Well, yep. There you go. Oh, that was really cool. Yeah, those covers are awesome. I love that uh, the kunai knife uh, and the images in there. I don't know if I didn't squeeze in if I would have noticed that immediately.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm going to put this Kickstarter back up there because you guys need to go to Kickstarter to Starchild Comics, um, the Broken Series Project. And that's where you can help support a fine group making a great product and uh, help them out because, you know, we need more, you know, innovators out there and we need people to get support. It's hard when you uh, are trying to make a comic. I actually did a, a, a Kickstarter like 10 years ago and uh, it worked for one issue. So, yeah. And then it died And, and, and the
2: thing is, what's great about this one, is, which is different from what we have, when we did the first Kickstarter to get it funded, for those four comics is that we were in development. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were like, hey, well, you know, you fund it now in July, we'll have it out to you by March of next year. (laughs) You know? Right. So I get the apprehension. People might be like, well, I might not ever see this thing. But guess what? The novel is done and the comic is completely done. So once we get funded um, the next month, once we get it, you know, go to print and get them, get the copies in our hands, you're getting your comics the next, you know, within the next 30 days. So that's the nice thing is that you'll get your, you'll get both products sent out to you the following uh, month. Uh, as long as, you know, we don't have any limitations with, um, with uh, supplies and things like that.
0: All right. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, that was a lesson I learned is you got to be finished when you put that stuff out there mm-hmm. so you can handle it quickly. So is there anything that we missed anything that anybody who might be interested in zombies, superheroes, cool novels that they would need to know to want to get into this uh, dynamic new universe you guys are creating
2: well um i I think we kind of covered everything as far as um uh the storyline for broken i think i think it's just gonna be a great uh it's it's a great series to get into because obviously there's more to come uh this is just the beginning uh i made a promise to myself that i would never for every novel i write i'm going to have a comic uh companion to it because uh, I just think it gives, for my selfish reasons, um, you really become part director, uh, part uh, cinematographer, and so um, when you're really sitting down with these comic scripts, you're like thinking, like, man, what can I show them now? You know, what can I, what can I tell them now? Uh, is always what you put in the books, and you're hoping that people can have the same imagination and see what you see. But now in the comic, you can actually serve up the uh visual representation of that world uh that they can that they can take part in. So um I personally won't ever do another series. Like I'm I'm working on a new um sci-fi series that I'm gonna start uh have I'll have ready for next year. But again, I'm gonna have a, a comic that kind of helps to kick that series off so that people can see things probably so for every it's a five book series. So for Somewhere in between book one and two, I'll have a comic. And then book three and uh, four, I'll probably have a comic, you know, and four and five. So I'll just keep kind of breaking them up that way. But uh, I think that people are going to be real excited. Um, And so if you want to be a part of what we have, you know, we've got some fantastic, like I said, six authors, 17 novels of superhero fiction, uh, along with, you know, Broken being a part of our comic book family now. Uh, They can head on over to CosmediaProductions.com. And uh, just click on the Star Child tab and they'll you know get a chance to really see everything that we have going on as far as these books. But, you know, in the meantime, you no, know, definitely jump on Broken. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, you can kind of be a little bit of every fan. You can like thrillers. You can like dystopian uh, fiction. You can like young adult coming of age. Uh, and you can also uh, love zombies. I mean, who doesn't? You know, you're going to get all of that in there. So uh, I think there's a lot of rich story to be told.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, everybody jump in there. I will put the uh, links on everything as well. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get some support and get people to pony up some cash and get some cool product.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Mr. Mundy, did I miss anything?
1: I don't think so. I'm, this is, uh, sounds, you know, I, I think all of your stuff is pretty ambitious. I mean, you know, the series of novels and comics and tying it all together. And I, I'm, I, Wish you guys the best success and that this it's a good idea. Thank you. And the cool
2: thing is, too, uh, with this Kickstarter that was different from the other one is that, you know, they're very low tiered rewards. You can buy mm-hmm. in, you know, $5 will get you just the digital copy. You can get 10 and uh, 12 and get the comic. You know, you can just get one comic. You can get a combo with a comic and a novel. You can get the comic and the hardcover. You know, you can play around with this however you want. So there's somewhere in here that you can fit in. And knowing that, you know, for one, you're supporting us and and trying to uh, be creators that are giving people new, fresh content um, that, that's innovative and different. And uh, it's kind of like they say in Hollywood, give me the same, but different. And that's what we're doing. Uh, but also knowing that you're going to get something uh, that's going to be tangible. And when you get in your hand, I, I guarantee you're going to be satisfied and you're going to be glad that you were a part of it.
0: Yeah, and not only that, if you guys support this and it happens, we have a good chance of seeing Metalhead Monday eaten.
1: So,
2: Yeah, that's going to be... You'll go down fighting. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) I would expect so.
0: But he has to be listening to an 80s Walkman and listening to the Backstreet Boys while he is being eaten.
2: Oh, so he didn't see it coming. Yeah, we can do that.
0: See? Now we have something. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, it was a pleasure, I as it was so. last time. Yes. And um, we will continue to support this for you. I appreciate and, it. And as I said, I will go over and um, contribute right when we're
2: done, because I'm excited. Well, I tell you, you're going to love it, Steve, I'm telling you. And um, I'm going to be back with Steel Rain, because I'm telling you, that comic is it's something special. It really is. It, it uh, you know, i always love still rain story anyway, with the whole bounty on the thing. And then I kind of got a chance to, in, in my mind, I, I love Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and all of them, but they never really killed enough people <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in my mind. You know, so when you get still rain, you're going to be like, Holy crap, this guy does not play, you know, cause in the book, I made him more of a thinker. So in the, in the novel, he was, he was very, um, very much almost like a little batman-esque you know kind of Mm -hmm. detective thinker and then here he's just like look you know i got one thing a gun and i need to get this mission over with you know so but yeah but i think you're gonna i think you're gonna enjoy broken uh steve and i appreciate the support and even having me on the show for sure
0: absolutely you're welcome anytime all right everybody that's it for this week and you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. See you in two weeks. And we're going to be handling another issue from Sandman. And I think we're also going to be reviewing the first episode. So um, that's going to be pretty exciting because we try to get ahead of this so we could compare the, uh, the actual books to the TV show. And so we are super stoked for that. So until then, we will see you later.